Hey everybody, just want to let you know real quick, this particular episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot, the language is going to be a little bit more different, it's probably a little bit more R-rated than normal. Just want to advise that up front, so that way you're aware of it. If you say, I don't want to listen to that, that's fine, I totally understand. We've got so many episodes you can listen to, but you don't have to worry about that. If you choose to continue to listen to it, I just want to let you know that ahead of time. I thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Please do enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and in case you didn't hear it in the intro portion, we're going to say it again. This episode will be a little bit more language-heavy than episodes prior, so this is your final warning on this, so that way you're aware. We're going to be talking about Black Dynamite, which is a very mature movie, and so we're going to be doing quotes and things like that from the movie, from the animated series, and stuff like that. So just so you're aware, uh, if you want to check out on this episode, I totally get it, totally understand, but I'm not by myself today. I have the Rascal Bros with me, so hey, say hello, gentlemen. Boy, I'm ready for a very immature talk about Black Dynamite. I'm Smiter Roscoe here with my brother Jingles Roscoe. It's true. I am also here. We're allowed to swear this one? Yes. Well, hell. <laughs> well, all right. Pump the brakes, dude. I feel yeah, so relaxed. dirty. You go. You definitely over, you're definitely being overzealous right now. All right. I, I'm going to graduate from heck. Oh. Oh, no, never mind. We can't do it. Never mind. Episode's over. <laughs> Episode's over. We're too, as the kids say, say so for that. Say so. That's what. The, no, none of the other kids say. That's that. what the kids say. I no. I know. I I talk to kids. I I've seen kids. I've seen uh, a kid across the street. I saw a kid the other day, <laughs> and he said bottom left. Yes, and I was like, oh dear. ah, ah, so mm, Desiree. Yes, so so Desiree. So will. Yes. Did I hear that we're, we're talking about Black Dynamite? We are talking about Black Dynamite, and we just need to, first of all, warn everybody to, to shut up whenever grown folks is talking. Mm. So we just start with that. But we are mm. going to, there is a little bit of a, there is a little bit of a news thing we got to get into real quick, because whether we like it or not, this is definitely something that's, it, it, it's been probably the biggest wrestling news over the last couple of weeks, like, Sasha Banks and, and Naomi walked away from WWE. Okay, yeah, that happened. Uh, CM Punk's injured. Okay, that happened. Daniel Bryan's injured. Okay, that happened. Right at, at this one, though. Brian <laughs> so, Danielson. Brian Danielson, right. For, I, I was saying Daniel Bryan for those who didn't realize that Brian Danielson's his actual name. So, Well, uh, he's not Daniel Bryan anymore. I, we got to establish that. We got we to gotta wean you off of that name. That's that's his slave name. That's Look, not his. Just just call him not, the American Dragon. That's what everybody. Else he does. is Brian Danielson. We got to make sure you got to. He's not going back to WWE. 
He's he's his own man. To go back and be part of those masses. Uh, th- uh, those guys. He's Especially now a free man. I won Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's now a free man. A freeman, if you will. A freeman. A freeman. Brian Freeman. He's, 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 a, he's a freeman. Not to be confused with uh, MJF, Mr. Freeman, but, yes. but, but a freeman. Right. I've grown so, to really like MJF. He's pretty great. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, of course, the quite biggest question is with him is, is this a shoot? Is it a work? Have we worked it into a shoot, brother? Like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, is he going to get that contract? Is he going to get that more money that he's wanting? Or is he just going to get – is it just going to ride out to the end? I don't know. But, again, bigger news than that. Uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon steps aside as WWE chairman CEO during investigation into alleged hush money payment. Uh, That's my favorite kind of money. Yeah, so basically, to kind of summarize this, uh, he agreed to pay hush money to a former employee over an alleged affair. Uh, The company announced Friday. So this this was written on the 17th of June. So WWE said in a release that a special committee of the board is conducting an investigation into alleged misconduct by its chairman and CEO Vincent Vincent McMahon McMahon, and John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations. And effective immediately, McMahon has voluntarily stepped back from his responsibilities as CEO and chairman of the board until the conclusion of the investigation. Uh, He did show up on SmackDown this past Friday. And oh, buddy, that didn't help his case at all. Uh, because it wasn't like he came out and said, hey, uh, there's this thing going on. You've probably heard about it. I'm stepping away for a bit, but we're going to deal with this. We're going to deal with this properly. And if I'm, if, you know, if it's found to be, if I'm found to be innocent, which I feel like I am, then at that point, I'll be back. But if I'm found anything else, we'll look into that at that point. That's not what he said. What he basically came out and said was, you know, the slogan of WWE is now, you know, th- then, now, forever, and together. And you just need to understand that's where we're going with this. And people lost their minds. It's just like, so he just basically came out and said, it, it came out for a ratings push. And it was basically like, all right, Joyce SmackDown, and walked away. So, but anyway. Yeah, he, I saw the clip of that. Yeah, it, that's interesting stuff there. So basically, it involved, uh, of course, Stephanie McMahon is the interim CEO and chairwoman, uh, which is really interesting, too, because everybody was like, oh, she's the first uh, female CEO of WWE. And I was like, no, because Linda was CEO for a while. So she's the second female to ever do it in the family, so to speak. And so apparently it had to do with the fact that Wall Street Journal came out saying on Wednesday that McMahon agreed to pay a secret $3 million settlement with a former employee who was hired as a paralegal back in 2019. The separation agreement, which was signed in January, was meant to prevent the woman from discussing her relationship with McMahon or making disparaging comments about him, according to the journal. The report citing documents and accounts of people familiar with the inquiry said an investigation began in April and has uncovered other non-disclosure agreements over the years involving misconduct claims from former employees against McMahon and Laurinaitis. Um, In a statement, the WWE has no further comment on it. Uh, and they went on and so forth. And so the only other thing I could remember is that there is another quote out there that states that when Vince was done being intimate with her, apparently it was a consensual affair between the two. 
And then he would pass her off like a toy to John Laurinaitis. So I'm like, first of all, I'm like, oh, boy, this is this is worse than the steroid trial potentially for him. Uh, yes. You know, I really honestly was surprised because, you know, Stephanie, of course, took a leave of absence. And so I was surprised when she was named as the CEO. I figured Nick, uh, I believe it's Nick Khan, the, yes. the person that's under Vince, would have been the one taking over for the time being. But instead, it was Stephanie. So Stephanie's come back, you know, and she is, you know, doing the job of being a chairwoman and also being the CEO. And so it's interesting to see how that's going to play. But then also Vince is still going to be there as far as doing uh, creative stuff. So yeah, he's head of creative still. He's still head of creative. So if you're thinking that stuff's going to change on the show while all this is going on, it isn't because he's still going to be the audience the one that they got to please for. So there's not. I don't feel like there's going to be any changes to the TV. And if you watch SmackDown last night, dear God, it was horrible. I didn't Just, because I don't watch WWE anymore because it's horrible. Uh, they brought Brock back to Russell Roman for SummerSlam, which means so we're just going to skip money in the bank completely then because that means that Roman's definitely not, you know, defending his belt at Money in the Bank. And it pretty much he's not defending the belt again until SummerSlam. And so it's like, all right, WWE, yeah, you want people to, okay. You want people to get invested in this again, huh? Brock versus uh, Roman again. Uh, this is almost becoming the Randy Orton John Cena feud of the new era. So, your guys' thoughts on this, gentlemen? First of all, uh, of uh, the what they did on SmackDown or of the Vincent thing? Primarily Vince. Okay, um, this sounds like not a surprise to me at all. I mean, we already know how shady Vince's business dealings have been. Vince's proven time and time again that he's not a very good person and um that just that more and more stuff keeps coming out that kind of just proves that to me um and he's one not a very he's not a very good person and two he keeps all the creative control over everything that happens at WWE, even if it's a really bad idea and his treatment of the wrestlers and his business decisions. And he's all like, Saudi Arabia has money. Let's go to Saudi Arabia and get some money from them. And mm -hmm. just, uh, I've been over Vince for a long time. So new stuff coming out about Vince is neither surprising or shocking or interesting to me. Um, it's it's just more like oh, he is a bad person. I guess now more news is just kind of proving that. Um, yeah, that's that's been my feelings about it, especially if he's been having an affair and paying hush money. Sounds like another individual whose name I will not utter, who's a close friend, who's been on WrestleMania. <laughs> um so it's it's not surprising and i'm just i'm 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 gonna wait and see if he's proven innocent great if he uh if it's shown that he did in fact do this 
Uh, I hope that he gets persecuted to the full extent of the law. But as I have learned over the last few years, uh, if you have enough money, you just won't have to have to deal with any ramifications for anything. And Vincent's been doing that for a while anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But I don't have high hopes. What about you, Bretta? And by the way... By the way, just going to say, I know what you're thinking as far as people in being inferred to be the people. And Jingles was talking about Johnny Knoxville. So I'll put That's that right. out there. Johnny Knoxville. It was Johnny Knoxville. Was the, was the horrible Johnny individual. It's a horrible individual who's done some horrible things. Everybody says all the worst things about Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. I should know. Yeah. yeah Johnny Knoxville. Horrible individual. Horrible individual. Horrible person. I'm sorry, Smider. Go ahead and go ahead and continue speaking, sir. Go ahead. I'm kind of in the mood for like, like steak, like, but in like a cube shape. I'm really feeling a, a cube, cube steak. shape, a cube steak. And I feel like if there was ample opportunity for me to have plenty of cube steak and it was just ready and available for me and I could easily purchase it, I'd probably be having a lot of that. So, with the level of money and accessibility that Vince has, I'm surprised that he that we're only talking about one time that he chose to have steak. I yeah. mean, when when they're talking about it, it's all like, oh, it's a like he's getting caught up in an affair, and I'm thinking, just once, no. I, I almost guarantee that this is just the one that we know about. Yeah, I probably. Plus, the kind of stuff that he got away with during the Attitude Era on TV, it should be like, it, I, I hope persecutors just be like, Exhibit A, Raw 2002. <laughs> yes, I'd say I do remember a very infamous uh, Trish Stratus segment. Uh, involving Trish Stratus and um, and Shelton Benjamin and Vince McMahon. I still just remember one of I'd, the one of the funniest things that's coming to my head is still oh Vince I'm so, I'm so, 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 what what t- take me to the son of a bitch take me to the son of a bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I got to say then, is I'm sure then, Jr. Jr. is somewhere in a room just laughing. Oh, good old Jr. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna be sad when he goes. Yeah. Like, man, I'm not surprised. Well, he got out of there, and I'm kind of tickled by it. I must have missed a detail here and there, but I know we're talking about like prosecution and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What uh, what part of the situation is calling for that? What do like? Is there other illegal stuff that he's getting caught up in, or what? That's uh, the only thing that I know of. Okay. But he's had issues with the law in the past. Sure, yeah. And it's the reason why they completely rebranded from professional wrestling mm-hmm. to sports entertainment. Sports That's entertainment. Right. Because otherwise they'd have to follow different laws if it was an actual sport. That's right. But, you know, he doesn't want to have to pay, like, insurance and stuff and, you know, treat his... Wrestlers like human beings and not like workhorses. Workhorses, 
that when they get injured, he just, you know, shoots them in the head and buys a new one. Mm -hmm. Buys the next next best model. (laughs) Buys the new Jinder Mahal. The new Jinder Mahal. The towering Shanky. (laughs) Boy, that dude had too many veins all over his body. (laughs) Sure did. Oh, Um, gosh. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted to double check and see if there was something that I missed. Yeah. Well, and the main thing has to do with the fact that the prosecution part of it is um, part of the hush money was in her pay. And so if part of that money was in her pay and the company, Vince McMahon used company funds as part of that hush money, then that's where the issue is for prosecution. Because if he had just said, I'm going to pay her $3 million out of my own pocket, that's one thing. But she went from having a $100 million salary a year to having a $3 million salary a year while they were in their relationship. So that becomes the bigger issue there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I'm surprised. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Vince didn't just gorilla walk his way into her private chambers that night. I'm sure there are plenty of mistresses. But we will see. Right, right, right. I mean, and, and, and I mean, you know, Vince's. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, as y'all mentioned earlier, it would be interesting to see what the judge and jury does as far as showing proof that, I mean, for example, he called himself a genetic jackhammer. Multiple times. I mean, mm-hmm. he just, you know, he did a whole storyline involving his wife where his wife was in a wheelchair and kind of comatose while he was supposedly hooking up a Trish Stratus in front of her and things yep. like that. And again, I understand, you know, the magic of television, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, those storylines don't age well with him. He doesn't age well either. Ha <laughs> <laughs> he would hate if I said that to him. The old man. Yeah, I mean, is he buff? Is he buff for an almost 80-year-old dude? Yeah. Could I take him in a fight, though? I'm pretty sure I could figure something out. Would it be easy to take him in a fight? Probably not, because he's probably got security. Uh, If I could pick my weapon, I could beat him. Yeah. Because my weapon would be uh, a car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he then you never know who who hit him. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, then they I, can try I, to figure that out. Yeah. I did it. I did it for the people. I did it for the rock. I did it. I did it. You know, yeah, great stuff. But anyway, so that that was that conversation. So we just wanted to. Kind of, I just wanted to kind of pick your brains about that a little bit, and um, see how that was. Because yeah, the other issue is John Laurinaitis is also involved. So I feel like before anything happens to Vince, I feel like they're just going to get rid of John Laurinaitis. And that's going to be their way of handling it. They're going to say, well, you know, well, I, I, you know, I never paid her using company funds, but this John Laurinaitis scumbag, he needs to go away. You know, it's like if they get to, you know, if they get rid of John Laurinaitis and they don't do something about Vince, that's a problem. Mm hmm. Because why would you get rid of one and not the other if they're both involved? I mean, so. But again, um, it's all according to Vince. I mean, it's all about the money. So. Money, I do money, it for money, the money. money. I miss you, Million Dollar Man. 
Ted DiBiase. Well, that wasn't his thing. Goodbye, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Ted DiBiase's theme Ted, goes, Thank you, money, Ted. Money, money, money. Thank you, but Ted, Ted, Mr. Theodore. Goodbye. Ah, uh, yes. Money, and, and, and secretly, I mean, he's still sec- alive. Yeah, and secretly, I we can't find believe out. he's dead. <laughs> Secretly, we realized that when Vince McMahon was saying, it was me, Austin, it was me all along, that that's what he was talking about. It wasn't just him being the, the primary power or whatever, but it was all the things. A higher power. All the things. So, anyway, I think, we're, I think we're done with Vince. I don't, I don't think uh, there's much else to I don't, talk about. Let's... I don't think we're ever done with Vince. <laughs> but for now, we can hope for so much. We can, we can, we can hope that there are some things. Of course, they still, there's still the rumors of, is Sasha Banks gone from the company? Is she not gone from the company? Has she been relieved from her contract? Has she not been relieved from her contract? We'll see. Like, at this point in the ball game, like, I don't care. Like, if she breaks away from it and she goes and does something else, that's great. If she breaks away and goes to acting, that's great, too. Like, it's, you know, yeah. I saw uh, an image online. Somebody had had made a Photoshop, um, and and it was uh, Impact. And it was all, like, uh, new debut of new wrestler. And it was all, like, uh, 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 Natasha Credit Union. Instead of Sasha Banks, <laughs> it was just Sasha Banks, but recolored. Oh yeah. gosh! <laughs> Be like Sashika, Sashika Financial Reserve. What's she doing here? Yes, there you go, Financial Reserve. Uh, what? <laughs> okay, but anyway, so her nickname gonna... is the CEO. Got him. Okay. Yeah. So black, black dynamite. Let's talk about black it. Black dynamite. Black Dynamite. My main man, Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite was a movie done, I believe, in 2009. Uh, done it was 2008, by. But let me double check. Done by the great Michael Ja White, uh, as well as Byron Mims and Kim Whitfield. And, of course, the beautiful and talented and one of my first crushes. Because I saw her in an old cowboy movie in Marvel Van Peebles. Um, and. So, yeah, but anyway. Um, 2009, you were right. So, yay, I was right for once. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen on here too often. Nope, you get close. I tend to, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I got it. Uh, Sally, Sally Richardson, I believe she, it, it's Sally, there we go, Sally Richardson Whitfield. And so I knew there was an added part of her name, so I didn't want to get into it before I said it for sure. Um, she was in a movie with... Uh, with Marvin Bad Peoples years ago and uh, played the Native American love interest of his and I was just smitten. And so, still a very gorgeous woman. Yes. And, um, so, but we've got other people in here, for example, uh, of course, uh, the great Byron Mims, who has trained with Michael Jai White in martial arts and is playing, of course, the pivotal role of Bullhorn. And Tommy Davidson, who, of course, was... Uh, Why can't I think of names? I know this. Oh, there was another role that Sally Richardson did that you didn't bring up. What role was that? As Elisa Maza in Gargoyles. Oh, she sure was. She sure was. You're absolutely right. Tommy Richardson as Cream Corn. There you go. I couldn't get the... 
cream corn. Cream corn. All 98 pounds of cream corn. I jump up all of them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he, um, but it's this cast of people that he has around him. This movie that in all earnest was just a large uh, homage to old black exploitation films back in the day. Uh, like they intentionally had stuff like boom mics that would show up. Uh, they would intentionally have situations where um, a person would be getting hit. And then the next thing you know, they changed the person. It was They were always 10 times lighter than the person getting hit, for example, which is things that would happen at black exploitation films a lot. Uh, has one of my favorite quotes ever of any movie. Well, two of my favorite quotes. One of them, your knowledge of scientific, biological, transmodification is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery. <laughs> Fiendish Dr. Wu. Fiendish Dr. Wu. The other one said to the same person, ha I threw that shit before I walked into the room. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm just like, how? Dynamite. But it didn't matter. <laughs> no. No. No, it's it's funny to think about how many of the intentional poor editing choices were made yeah. during that entire process. It's it's fascinating to me because there are so many small details that really elevate the the movie itself. We were just talking about it last night and Jingles was pointing out how the film gradient is different from scene to scene sometimes yeah. within the same scene there are different there are different films yeah that are being used to shoot the scene well what i was saying was like i appreciate i think they were using old camera and old films to film yes. this thing yeah. because of they, it's like people try to recreate that like old look but yeah. you can't really do it digitally without a ton of work yeah so it's much easier to just use old film and stuff and you were the one that was pointing out that it it looks like they're using different kinds of film like from scene to scene yeah and the, and the only reason why it's it feels like it's popping out to me is because it reminds me of the footage from samurai cop yeah and mm -hmm. samurai cop because the director was so cheap, they would reuse old film. Yeah. It's because they just, they, they, he just didn't want to spend the extra cash to buy new film. And so there are some scenes that are just really washed out, really blown out, or way too dark. And Black Dynamite does the same thing. Yeah. And to great comedic effect. Right. Yeah. And, and they did literally do that. They went and bought footage and things like that. Like they bought stock footage from old black exploitation movies that had been used that never, that was never used by the studios. So that's how they got, like in the intro where you see the scene where he's all talking about, you know, do you realize who this man is, who this man's brother is? It's going to be a bloodbath, son. Let me tell you. And he goes through this whole thing and he's like, like you see a clip of like Michael Shaw White jumping out and shooting people. And then the next clip is like uh, a big old building exploding as he's shooting it. And that clip would have been from an old black exploitation movie from the 70s, for example. And so they did buy a lot of stock footage. They also bought stock music. And what they refer to as football funk. 
So there'd be a lot of musical <laughs> choices that would be used in there as well. So I thought that was just interesting. Football funk. Okay. Football funk. Why not, you know? So, but yeah. I, uh, pour one out for Black Dynamite's brother who just could not help himself but just make it obvious that he was a traditionally trained Juilliard actor. Yep, which happened. Trying to be a gangster. Yeah, which happened quite a bit during yeah. the old black exploitation films. So, oh no yeah, way, you jive turkeys. <laughs> now listen here, sucker! I need to go back to the streets where I come from. Yeah, and a fun fact: the guy who goes shows up, uh, and he was—I think he was enlisted in the credits as Mobster A. Um, he was also on an episode of the Jeffersons, also as Mobster A. <laughs> so, like, they literally kept huh. his role as the same role from that That's movie to funny. that movie. Not so, bad. Not bad. Yeah. Apparently shot in 20 days in Super 16 format. Nice. Like the like that whole scene or what? No, no, no. The whole movie was shot in 20 days. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's too good. That makes too much sense for some scenes. Yeah. So, uh, first things first, uh, I got to talk about one of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, which is the scene where he goes in, he knocks on the door, and he's all like, is Stucky here? She's like, no, there's no Stucky here. And he kicks the door in on the old lady. Boom! <laughs> goes flying through the thing. Apparently, in the actual deal, she wasn't supposed to be that close to the door. And oh, so, no. like, there's a scene where, like, they're counting him in. They're like, okay. Um, and what happens was they were counting him in, and he just kicked the door anyway because he didn't hear the count right. Because it is like, one, two. Oh, he thought they said three. He kicked the door, and the actress didn't have time to get away from the door before he kicked it. And they were like, wait! <laughs> she had already kicked the door before they could stop it. Nice. And so, of course, she immediately, they pull her back with the string motion deal to, to make to sell the effect. But the door had hit her in the head. And so then, like, he comes in, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were still there. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the stunt work in the movie is surprisingly uh, good and really intense in parts. Mm -hmm. But they also, you could also tell that there was a lot of stunt work that they intentionally tried to make as funny and unimpressive as possible. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I've got a quote from Scott Sanders, who is the director writer from the movie. It's Hit just me. a little... It's just a little too badass. That's the tone of the film, the movie. Our humor comes from the fact that the movie is just a little too badass. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. Apparently, Michael Shaw White was driving around one day listening to James Brown super bad. White had a, had held a black exploitation movie parties where he picked up picked up on the funny inconsistencies on the films. So. I, he, I need to I need to be invited to one of these parties because like the fact that he has parties where they just watch old black exploitation flicks to point out the horrible stuff in them I'm just like I just want to be there once. That's all I would that need does, in life. That uh, does sound like a lot of fun. 
white redded costumes photographed himself and showed it to Sanders, who was attracted to the idea. The same blue costume on White's photograph was used for the final scene in the movie. The original trailer was even re was recorded even before the film went into production to raise money. It incorporated scenes from old black Station movies with old voiceovers from uh, from Adolf Caesar. The trailer was shot in Super 8 film for around $500. It contained numerous cultural references that placed the film in the 1970s, such as referring to the star of the film as Baltimore, Col Baltimore Colts running back, uh, which the Colts had moved to Indianapolis in 1984, and it marveled at Black Dynamite's $5,000 car and $100 suit. Whites and Sanders showed it to John Seagert, who told him, oh my God, okay, we can raise the money for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so it's interesting how that all came about of course you know you, you the boom mic scene where you sit there talking to uh, Honeybee and all of a sudden the boom mic just shows up <laughs> in the scene and, and it like, lingers for the whole bit where he's talking about like I'm gonna go in there and clean up this town mm -hmm. I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight some more <laughs> <laughs> I fought, and then when I got tired of fighting, I'd get up and I'd fight some more. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's another thing, too, when Honeybee says, you know, he's all like, Honeybee, what's going on? I know something's wrong with you. Lay it on me. And she's all like, Black Dynamite, it's my cousin Bucky. He owed, It's my nephew Bucky. He OD'd. He's like, where's Bucky and what has he had? That scene is literally ripped from Disco Godfather from Rudy Ray Moore. Except when Rudy Moore, Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore said it, it was, where is Bucky and what has he had? Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the lines were ripped from old black exploitation flicks. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah. it was crazy. And of course, Bullhorn was inspired by Rudy Ray Moore because that's what, why his whole thing was trying to rhyme everything. Right, yeah. Good old bullhorn. Yeah, I thought, is... you know what? Fair point. Uh, to, to, to be honest, I thought that that might have been more of a uh, Dolomite reference. But where do I more play Dolomite? I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. This movie is essentially a um, airplane style movie mm -hmm. um, in, in the same vein as the movie Airplane. Uh, but for black exploitation movies, do you feel mm -hmm. like you got, I want to ask the two of you guys, do you feel like an equivalent could be, um, Kung Pao to martial arts films to Hong Kong martial arts films? Similar. I, I yeah, um, definitely. I, I would say that Kung Pao, um, it relies on a lot of, uh, more modern tropes and and uh, visual effects stuff. Yeah, like um, the whole Matrix that, reference that doesn't really like work uh, as far as like if it was like an old kung fu movie. Yeah. Whereas mm -hmm. Black Dynamite kind of sticks to that period um, and doesn't really add anything like new. No, that that's a fair point. I think the biggest thing that sticks out is the whole duel with Moon Yu. Yeah, that that's yeah. definitely like like, yeah, like that's that, a modern yeah. joke thrown yeah. in. Yeah, of course. Another fun thing about it is, you know, the militant turns startled. I'm in yeah. charge. <laughs> you know? uh, Sarcastically, no, no. I'm in charge. <laughs> the, I'm in charge. Uh, the militant turns startled. How'd you get in here? 
I walked in. <laughs> Which one of you was in charge? Sarcastically, I'm in charge. <laughs> yep. Which is funny because Michael Shot White in the movie is playing Ferrante Jones, who is playing Black Dynamite in the movie. <laughs> like, they're all playing actors playing the part of the role. So I find that really interesting because later when we talk about the animated I've show. I've never heard of that layer. In. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the original trailer. Because, yeah, the original trailer has it all spelled out. But anyway, uh, here's a question for you guys. What was your favorite moment in the movie that plays, kind of plays to the old black exploitation idea? Well, first I want to go ahead and let you know that we are not experts on old black exploitation movies. Those are clearly not okay for us to watch as kids. So we didn't <laughs> right. grow up with them. Um, and that's like something that's saturated in black culture. And as surprising as it may be, Smider and I are not black. Very <laughs> <laughs> so, he'd enjoy that. So um, Black Dynamite is kind of like its own thing to us. Like we understand because we've seen like old clips and stuff, but I don't think we've ever actually fully seen like a classic black exploitation film. Oh, yeah. Whereas we've seen plenty of like old bad kung fu movies, so Kung Pao makes a lot of sense to us and yeah. like um most of us have seen a lot of those like spy movies so spy hard makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. and uh scary movie and, and those things we've seen those yeah but black exploitation films are very um very niche yeah and didn't really spread out outside of black culture and black communities uh and so uh, but I have seen some things like set in the 70s and like this is like the lifestyle stuff. And so I, I understand like the cultural significance. But I go in watching Black Dynamite and being like, ah, yes, this was before uh, too much. Too many people were like starting to hang out together in, <laughs> yeah. in like clubs and stuff. So this is like this is a black club and over there is where the white clubs are, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, the hip pocket. So, yeah. And so that's that I get the uh the uh ideas from that. I understand the the stuff, but I don't I won't get like very specific black exploitation references uh because I have never seen them. Uh so all of my favorite scenes are scenes that I like just because they're funny on their own and not because of like oh it, it's a reference to like a black exploitation thing. Yeah, I had um, aunts and uncles who were very much just like, you need to watch it down and watch this. And I'd be like, okay, what is it? And then all of a sudden they started doing, the, you know, way down in the jungle deep, the sanctified monkey stepped on the lion's feet. And I was like, uh, what, what is this? And then, yeah, just the intro of Dolomite and things like that. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of stuff. I probably shouldn't have watched it when I was at you. <laughs> to yeah, say the least. Not like not even close to should have been able to watch that movie uh, or other movies like it because I watched a lot of movies like uh, Jackie Brown and stuff like that too. Because sometimes on Saturdays I didn't just play kung fu flicks. Sometimes I played old black exploitation movies and stuff too, but not as mm -hmm. much as the kung fu flicks. But anyway, yeah. So um, I, I tell you what I want to do real quick just for the lulls. Mm -hmm. um, 
I want to take a quick break. I'm going to try to see if I can find the list of the original casting, but I dropped the trailer for you guys to watch. So I want to kind of let y'all watch the trailer, the original trailer for the movie, and then come back. And we're going to continue talking about Black Dynamite. gather around. There's a brand new movie coming to town. So get on up and check the scene of the smoothest, baddest mother to ever hit the big screen. Main man Black Dynamite. He's super cool and he no kung fu. Drives a $5,000 car and wears a $100 suit. You're so righteous. This is also true. And when it comes to the ladies, he's out of sight. Uh, let me guess. You one of these brothers think you can get by on a wink and a smile, huh? What about the smile? I am smiling. Black Dynamite. Never in the history of the game has there been such devastation. The CIA needs Black Dynamite now more than ever. We need you, Black Dynamite, now more than ever. I thought I told you, Hunkies from the CIA, that Black Dynamite was out of the game. And he's better than Sham Superfly and the Mac put together. But when the mob kills his brother, your death will not go unavenged. And put the dope on the street. It's my nephew Bucky. He OD. He's back in the game and he's playing for keeps. I'm declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in our community. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. He killed my best dealer. I want him dead now. So if you crave satisfaction, then dig this action. Guaranteed to put your ass in traction. Black, black, stack, attack, and match. Backtrack, slapjack, boot black, flashback, ram sack, jam pack, and still coming back. You see where I'm coming from, you child Black Dynamite, starring all-star running back Ferrante Jones, fashion model Tambula Takar, William T. Michelson, Ronnie Sinatra, Little Tiny Tiggs, Junebug, Bo Willie Peter, and me, that bad bullhunt. Black Dynamite, filled in cinema phonic quadrovision, rated R. So, for those of you who are coming back in, uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, just to let you know that right beforehand, we made sure to play you the song of Black Dynamite, the Anaconda Malt Liquor. Makes you go, ooh. Which that gives, in and of, gives you ooh. Which that in and of itself is a plot point. <laughs> we didn't realize when we were watching the film until later. So, yeah, Anaconda Malt Liquor. Just like a lot of 70s beers, like Colt 45 and other people had really cool soul brothers that promote these things. And, you know, like Billy D. Williams telling us about Colt 45. So it's pretty crazy how they kind of encapsulated an era of culture. In addition to doing black exploitation, really encapsulating that culture. So do you guys have a favorite quote? I know I mentioned two of mine earlier. I mean, I, oh man, this movie is very quotable. <laughs> uh, oh, you, you want me to go first? Yes. <laughs> I would say one of them is from this moment going forward, 
Let's say I'm gonna be. What was it like? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be cutting war? all drugs coming into the community. Yeah. And and oh yeah, I'm gonna be starting war on anybody that sells drugs in the community. And then my favorite pimp, the best <laughs> pimp, named Chocolate Giddy Up. Chocolate Giddy Up. Black Dynamite. I sell drugs in the community. <laughs> Another great one is. Um, it's like, man, who the hell do you think you are? Oh, uh, that that's Black Dynamite. Nigga, shut up. I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, also, like, uh, like, don't do, but don't do Chocolate Giddy Up like that. You yeah. give Chocolate Giddy Up some respect. Okay? Give him some that's respect. right. Come on now. By the way, fun fact about that particular scene. Uh, apparently, the, the line that got Arsenio Hall to be involved in the movie was the line where he says, um, where he looks up and he gets to say, there's a, there's a, uh, what he read, there's a Captain Kangaroo pimp in this. That's when he wanted the role. That makes sense. Yeah, Captain Kangaroo pimp. Blessed, yep. blessed Captain Kangaroo pimp. Bless him. Uh... One of the lines that I, I tend to say a lot is, uh, Fiendish Dr. Wu, you're done fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a big fan. I, I, I do that because Spider and I play a ton of video games. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's such a common trope yeah. when somebody kills somebody that's important to somebody else. Yes. And, and every time it happens, I turn to Spider and it's all like, you're done Fucked up now. Not from the movie, but one that I, I like to say a lot uh, from the show. Yes. Um, uh, the show we got to talk about as well. I mean, oh, this yes. whole thing's just all black dynamite. Um, is Because uh, uh, I don't think it's actually said in the movie, but... Uh, Smider and I tried watching it, and then uh, HBO Max was all like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got we got about halfway through the movie, and mm -hmm. then we were like, oh, I'm just going to go to sleep. i got to work tomorrow. Go um, sleep. So we had to go to sleep. Uh, but uh, I, I always love it whenever anybody, but specifically when one of the children goes, Black Dynamite, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> she has told that at least once an episode by somebody. Yes. <laughs> Boo! Kicks the kid in the head. Kid flips over. <laughs> Boom! Flattens out. Black, Black Dynamite, you ain't shit. Yep. Fun fact as well, the Sui the thing comes from Jim Kelly. So, because whatever Jim Kelly is actually back in the day was doing a lot of his acting and a lot of his martial arts movies, including, because he doesn't want to enter the dragon too. Uh, but anytime he did his martial arts, Kiai was always in the form of Suri. And so Michael Shaw White made a point to incorporate that in the Black Dynamite's character. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I'm also a big fan of when Black Dynamite is just talking about his time in Vietnam and how it traumatized him and he blew up the little Chinese kid's legs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and just like the inaccuracy of everything involved in that everything every sentence it's a, it's so fascinating every new sentence he said was more wrong than the last sentence yeah mm -hmm. it was great well <laughs> when he says the line buku sao 
Uh, yes. His wife is actually Vietnamese. Yes, and we've so, talked about this before, but because we're talking about Black Dynamite, go ahead and say it again. So his wife actually says that that lie just means you're full of shit. Like, <laughs> yep. that's the lie, you know. <laughs> so this little kid <laughs> saying that to him. But, of course, everybody in the theater that doesn't know anything about Vietnamese has no idea, but the people who know Vietnamese are sitting there cracking up. They're just like, wow, this guy. <laughs> Sound like go. a cartoon character. Yep. Yeah, which another one of my favorite points is he talked about it in a DVD commentary. He talks about the point that they're in that scene when the officer comes in and he comes in and they go to where they think Black Dynamite is and it's just a large bear yeah. standing in a thing. And he's just like, he went to his costume design team and his, uh, to set up the scene in the house, which by the way, most of the houses that they set up, including the house where they had the, the hose, uh, were all ministers' houses. So Scott Sanders is just like, if we weren't going to hell before, we're definitely going to hell now. That's kind of cute. Because there are like two or three houses, and so all these houses were all former, all current pastors at the time or older pastors' houses that they were using because of the fact they kept that old 70s aesthetic in the house. They never really updated the look of the home. Right. So. Uh, the old pie in the windowsill trick. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got me again, BD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you the old, you just about the only honky I trust out there, O'Leary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, he's really flippant about the word honky. <laughs> oh, he used it a lot. Honky like, and the honky and the man. <laughs> the man. I noticed that not a lot of people use the N word a lot in this movie. It's just like one guy that I that I really noticed before the movie crapped out, like, the cold uh, Crenshaw Peak, the, ca- the character Crenshaw Peak, is that his name? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember all the, the one names. he meets in the billiards. Yes, yeah. the billiards guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, played by William T. Michelson um, in the movie, but his act, the actual actor is Michael P. Williamson, who was in Forrest Gump. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they literally just reversed the names in order to give the Michael P. William P. Michelson. <laughs> and so then right oh. behind him was like Wesley Snipes stunt double and Michael John White's stunt double was also in that scene. Yeah. So it's just a whole lot of interesting things going on. Of course, they were in the hip pocket in that scene and uh, facing Chicago. That guy was Chicago Wind, who was all like super nigga. You know, yeah. he came in, uh, that was Chicago wind. Sorry, and, you're right, uh, yes. And, yeah, because Cream Corn had Cream Corn had told him about him, setting him up, trying to get him taken out, but of course that didn't work. And then you had a character that Michael Shaw White referred to as the Black Count Chocula uh, in Congressman James, because Congressman James, of course, is the old black politician that nothing he said had to make sense as long as it rhymed. Everybody followed through with it. Yeah, that's true. And so, of course, Scott Sanders says another story about how when he was growing up, he went to an NAACP rally and with his uncle. And they said that literally the man sat up there for 15 minutes and said a bunch of rhyming stuff. But he kept asking, like, what did he say, though? He said, man, that brother sounds... And everybody was just like, oh, that brother sounds good, man. He sounds like he'll do great for the community. And it's just like, but what did he say? Like, <laughs> he didn't say anything. He literally just rhymed a bunch of words together, you know. And so, of course, every time in the commentary track, whatever uh, Congressman James would say stuff, 
uh, Michael Jai White would be black, be black there. Blah. <laughs> he'd be like, he would say something else. He'd be like, but with chocolate, <laughs> he would just randomly say random like Count Chocolate lines. Oh, that's not bad. Can we talk about how bad the smack ep- epidemic was for those chillins? Man, look here, that one little kid that was just looked at Black Dynamite was like. Look, man, we put some of these girls out on the streets. I'll get you a paper partner. I'm like, you're talking about little girls. <laughs> <laughs> I need my smack, and I need it now. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to shake out this hell of shit out of you, little child. <laughs> like Dynamite, that doesn't work. We already tried that. <laughs> the fact that, the thing that's funny is it's like, not only did she say it doesn't work, but we already tried it. <laughs> it we already work. tried shaking it out of the kids. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that, and of course, you know, the whole dilemma with him being an orphan. But you get to see the scene of him as a kid sitting there, you know, throwing it, throwing a bunch of kids out of windows because they kept making fun of him by saying he was an orphan. It's <laughs> a so kid, Black Dynamite just kicks the crap out of everybody, even even then. You know, not everybody knows this, but Black Dynamite used to be a children's once. Used to be a children's, used to, and it was an orphan. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Before I forget, because I I don't know how much we're going to get into the TV show, but one of my absolute favorite lines from the TV show is from Black Dynamite's father, Daddy Dynamite. Oh, yeah. When he's leaving, and I believe it goes... So he's he's going to... He's straight up just leaving Black Dynamite's mom to raise little Black Dynamite. And I believe he's saying, no, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm out getting cigarettes. But the truth is, I'm leaving you to raise young black dynamite. So dig it while you can, because the red light just turned motherfucking green. (laughs) Ah, bitch. (laughs) And I'm still trying to figure out. What a great guy. I'm still trying to figure out this question. You're in the hospital. You just had a baby. Mm. And the and they come to you and say, what would you like to name the child? Who? It was like, Black Dynamite should be the name of my boy. Uh, the era and the times dictated it. That's true. And his father's name was literally Daddy Dynamite. Daddy Dynamite. Yep. 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 So, and I mean, his brother's name was Jimmy. Like, how do you go from Jimmy? Like, was Jimmy's last name Dynamite? <laughs> was Jimmy's last name something totally different? <laughs> it's just interesting on that front. And so, of course, we find out that Jimmy was undercover with the CIA. And so O'Leary manages to get him back. Uh, to, to gets reinstated to come back in as, uh, as, as with his license to kill. And so, uh, as that goes on, you know, of course, he goes in and finds a black power, you know, the, the Gloria, because she's the one that's over the kids trying to, you know, help the kids out because of the smack and the anaconda malt liquor out there on the streets. I noticed that they never actually called them the Black Panthers. Uh, no. They're just, they were, they're just the militants. They yeah. were just militants. Yeah. You know. I thought that was interesting. I didn't know. They would For raise the fist, but you never. Yeah. Well, part of that too, in in movies especially, you didn't mention it because, if I'm not mistaken, it was a trademark on the name, and so anytime that um, 
anytime that a movie would use it, they'd have to pay Huey B. Newton and them the rights to it. Hmm. Interesting. So a lot of movies got around it by, they would say like Black Power, but they would never say mm-hmm. like Black Panther. Yeah. You know, because Black Power wasn't trademarked. <laughs> that would be difficult to trademark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extremely. And so, of course, you had Saeed and Bullhorn and Creamcorn form this team because Creamcorn kind of joins the team after the fact because, of course, he initially betrays Black Dynamite, sold him out on a dime. And then um, Creamcorn comes back and says, man, Jimmy saved my life, man. I owe y'all that. You know, I owe y'all that, man. He saved my life. And so they, they kind of form this team to take out Congressman James and his, uh, his, his cohorts. Right. And so... You're thinking, okay, this is a low-level situation, you know, and all this other stuff, and apparently it wasn't, because uh, that one guy uh, comes in when they go in the Anaconda Malt Liquor Place, and he talks about Cold Kansas, and it, Cold Kansas is gonna make all the all the niggers, all the niggers um, feel so inferior to everybody else. You think it's so big and bad. It's going to just be for all the nigger. And then all of a sudden that's when they realize that the truth serum that Gunsmoke shot him full of apparently apparently shot shot a little bit too much and he just passed out. Yeah, that was... I wonder how nervous that actor was being that aggressive to those guys well i'm sure that that was something that when they did it um he was just like they were just like here's the line we just need to make sure you can deliver it can you deliver it and Mm -hmm. they were just like yeah we can do it and so then uh, he's just like okay and if I'm not mistaken, he had another role similar to that. I don't remember what movie it was in. I might have, it, it, it was in a black exploitation film. He was he played like a racist like sheriff or something like that. So he had already sure. had prior practice to it. I'm just trying to find it. So but yeah, he 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 had already had that kind of information on it. So yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, but of course, we find out that Anaconda Malt Liquor. It's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just beer. Uh, but it's something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, it gives you ooh. It definitely gives you more than ooh. Yeah, by the way, fun fact, the actor that played that role, his name was John Kerry, not to be confused with the presidential candidate from back in the day. Um and most recently was in Getting Away with Murder and Cold Case, but there is a I'm trying to find the old uh, stuff it was in. I mean, he was in a bunch of older, like, very racisty stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's the he's the Hollywood's racist. I'm you need a racist in a movie? You can get that guy. He'll be a racist for you. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, but how do I? I can't even wrap my head around. The insane amount of dialogue that went into Black Dynamite and the rest of the crew cracking the malt liquor mystery. Oh, where that's right. Sitting, yeah, was, where they're all sitting at. Yeah, what was it? Waffles and. Uh, it was. Um, it what? That was the unnamed restaurant. They never had a name for it. That was uh, that was Roscoe's, right? The, no, 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 no. Uh, Roscoe was there. 
That was not Roscoe's. Roscoe was there okay. at the restaurant. Because when they did the thing later, he goes, I got an idea. And he runs out. And he leaves. It was like chicken waffles. Yep. So Roscoe to got the I idea. I say, that sounds delicious. I could go for some oh, it, chicken and waffles right now. I could actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, would, it is. You know what? You know what? Hey, let's have some chicken and waffles tonight. Yeah. Waffles we have a like diner a that'll do it. We Ooh. do? Yeah. They do? Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Never mind. This whole thing is shut down. We're out of here. Okay, yeah. hang on. We're hang out. on. Hang on. Hang on. Somebody. Now, okay. But, 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 Will. No, chicken got, waffles, Will. I know, but they'll be there. I got an idea. <laughs> so, I'm going to do yeah. this. So, which one of y'all want to be Black Dynamite? Uh, Smider can be Black Dynamite. Yay. All right. There you go. Uh, yeah. I would like to be Bullhorn, even though Bullhorn only has like one line in here, but or, oh, he might have me. a couple. But uh, okay, uh, so is, bro, you want to be cream corn? Yeah, I'll be cream corn. Yeah, I do real good cream corn. <laughs> and, and then we just kind of, we just kind of, we just kind of go through, and um, we just kind of go through and pick up the other rolls as we need to. Man, yeah. you guys ain't okay. had no waffles like these. These waffles are so good. They like they come from down south. These buttery motherfuckers will melt in your mouth. Man, you ain't had no waffles. Like, wait, Bullhorn, what did you just say? You said melts in your mouth. Quick. What else melts in your mouth? M&M's. Exactly, but not your hands. And who makes M&M's? Mars. Mars, Mars Candy, Candy Company right. make it. Yeah, yeah. But Mars is also the Roman god of war. Who is the Greek god of war? Ares! Ares! <laughs> now, you take Mars and spell it backwards, drop the S. Ram, that's right. And Ram is the z- zodiological sign for Ares. Oh, now dig. Ares' half-sister is Athena. Now you're getting it. Which is the capital of Greece? Athena? Athens? Which is the capital of Greece? And as you all know, zodiological astronomy was created by the Greeks in 785 BC. <laughs> and, 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 and 785 is the area code of Topeka. Oh my God! 785 is the area code of Topeka, Kansas. Go Kansas! <laughs> now take that, swirl it backwards, and drop the S. Dude, snake doctor, snake doctor, yeah. <laughs> Yes, and brothers, who is the Greek demigod of medicine who is believed that snake tongues and had mystical healing powers? Escapulus, of course. He had a staff with snakes intertwining all around that bitch. They called it Escapulus' staff. It's a symbol of the medical field used this day. And now what legend involved with snakes is both Greek and Roman mythology? Now come on, it involves Escapulus' own father, Apollo. Yeah, thanks, lady. <laughs> and that's all the quote I got. Now, of course, we get to the point that's where they enough. start talking about, yeah, they start talking about Anaconda, and then they start giving it in the, the, the woo, the woo, and who else gives you the woo? And they're like, Little Richard. And then they're like, so, Little Richard, what else is another name for Richard? It's the like, penis. Anaconda malt liquor gives you, and then, oh. Gunsmoke. <laughs> so they all run to Gunsmoke. <laughs> 
And Gunsmoke is like just in so much pain and so much agony. Oh. And Bullhorn <laughs> is just like, do you want to live? Do you want to continue to go on? He's just like, oh. And then Bullhorn just shoots him. Because yeah. they found out that Anaconda malt liquor gives you a little dick. God, I pour one out for Gunsmoke. Esculapius. That's how you pronounce that. I had to break it down. <laughs> yeah, okay, I fair am, enough. I am partially uh, dyslexic. <laughs> So I have to like really slow down or else I'm going to mess up words. Pretty sure it's just in his right eye. Yeah. Well, we got through it. And that's the most important part. Yes. Yeah. We got through it as a team. Anybody yeah. that a, anybody listening right now, if I messed up any of the pronunciations, uh, please at me on all my social medias and just <laughs> just destroy me. <laughs> just destroy me. <laughs> So anyway, we get to this point. They find out what's going on. He ends up meeting O'Leary again, and apparently O'Leary has turned on him. Talking about the fact that while he, he was sitting there following orders, while he was laying that pretty little orphan mama, <laughs> which I'm just like, what? <laughs> and that's pretty much what went down. And so then he, Black Dynamite pretended he got shot, and he shot O'Leary. And then O'Leary uh, creaked and cracked over until he landed smoothly on a nice uh, catch pad that they had set out for him to land on. So that way he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> that they left in the scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then they found so, out. Th oh, go ahead. When? Sorry. I know. I'm just thinking about like the like the last parts of the movie where. Um. The rest of the like the rest of Black Dynamite's friends basically just start dropping like flies, and yeah, like a uh, bullhorn gets his head chopped off. Rip, uh, cream corn can't get out of a hel exploding helicopter in time, so he explodes. Rip, and if I remember correctly, I believe the showrunners for the Black Dynamite show were asked about whether or not the film is canon to the show. And I believe, like, I can't remember what it was exactly, so I'm paraphrasing. But their answer, I believe, was more or less, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, and they even handled it because there's a scene where, there's a scene where, like, Cream Corn is like, man, last night I had this dream that I was sitting there in a helicopter and got blown up, and you were sitting there yelling out, Cream Corn, no! <laughs> I don't know what happened though, and he's just like, "Yeah, shut up, cream corn. That's just your dreams." <laughs> that's how they. That's how they. That's how they handle it. Yeah, but anyway, of course, they end up going to Kung Fu Island because that's where Phoenix Doctor Wu is. <laughs> right. Oh, it's impossible. How? How did he get there? Like, how did? How did we know that he could have been on Kung Fu Island? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember back to that. Because he talked to him on the deal. And then he said, come on, fellas. We're going to Kung Fu Island. <laughs> and then they had it. And somebody was like, how are we going to get there? It's like, I know somebody's got a boat. <laughs> it's like, okay. And so then they get, to, they get to Kung Fu Island. And this is another thing that they did in a lot of older movies, especially action movies. Uh, one of the cardinal sins in an action movie is you don't start talking about what you're going to do once this is over. And so one of the militants starts talking about, yeah, this is Anna Joe. 
yeah, we go, you know, after this is all over, we're going to go get a house out in the middle of the country somewhere, grow our own food, have a couple kids, pick, make up a picket fence. And then they, they say, you know, he gets a karate star to the throat and he just gets killed. And then they immediately blacked out about like, where'd that star come from? And they all pointed. And they literally did that as an homage to the moment whenever Martin Luther King got shot. And people were like, where did the shot come from? And everybody pointed in the direction where they heard the shot coming from. And it's that infamous balcony scene there. And so that's, that's kind of where they got that point from, where everybody points. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, yeah, basically it was all that and a whole bunch of other stuff. And of course, Bullhorn ends up getting decapitated. And then it's this Black Dynamite versus a whole bunch of literally some of the best either stuntmen and or martial arts master people who have ever walked the grace of the earth. Like people who have trained martial artists for stuff like The Matrix and all the other sorts of movies. No, just definitely a, just stunt guys. Just a gaggle full of, just a gaggle full of stunt people and martial arts people. So... Anyway, he ends up facing, of course, uh, Do- Phoenix Dr. Wu, and it finds out that he wasn't the main bad guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he, he was just a pawn doing what he was being told to. Now, gentlemen, where, how far did this go? <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course... They end up getting a helicopter. And, of course, my favorite gag in it that, that did happen in a lot of black exploitation films, people would use a bobby pin to literally hack anything. Car, uh, a carjack, uh, not carjack, what is it? When you hotwired a car, they would use a bobby pin. If they were breaking it into the key lock, they were using a bobby pin. If they were hacking a computer, somehow they used a bobby pin to hack the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It didn't matter. It was always a bobby pin. And so it'd be like, cream corn, give me a bobby pin. And so then he just pulled one out of his hair, threw it to Black Dynamite, and that was how he got the helicopter to go. That's right. And so they flew from Kung Fu Island all the way to the White House. Not sure where Kung Fu Island is, but I'm pretty sure they had to stop for gas plenty of times. But of course, it's a black exploitation film. No, we ain't stopping for gas. <laughs> of course. So Black Dynamite jumps out. Cream cord gets shot and blown up real good, but not dead, obviously. And then uh, we get we get a line like this here. We end up with him in the White House, and of course, in the seventies, uh, who are you going to put in the White House during the seventies? But Richard Nixon himself. <laughs> yes, Richard Nixon. So uh, of course, uh, Black Dynamite, you're on for the next set of lines there. I should have known it was you all the time. I should have asked myself, who's the man so wicked, so cruel, that he could serve smack to an orphanage, kill my brother Jimmy, and put out a drug to shrink black men's dicks? Only one man. That's you, Tricky Dick. So I'm here to deliver you one presidential ass whooping. Lock of dynamite. There's a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. Nixon pulls out nunchucks out of the drawer and jumps on the desk. Showtime, motherfucker! Fucking think you can fuck with me, Black Dynamite? Who the fuck would stop me, piece of shit? (laughs) And apparently they stated in the commentary that in the Black Dynamite's version of the world, all presidents have access to presidential kung fu. That they're all taught when they become presidents. Ah, presidential kung fu. Presidential kung fu, yes. It's the best kind. Yeah. So, of course, there's the moment where uh, 
of course, uh, the wonderfully talented Mad TV veteran, whose name escapes me at the moment, and I just have to pull this back up, but she plays, of course, Nixon's wife, and uh, mm. she ends up getting smacked into a cabinet. <laughs> just backhanded straight into a cabinet and flies and just makes it the greatest moment ever because her reaction to it and the way she does that is just really wonderfully cool. And then, mm. uh, of course, Nixon gets back up. They're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. Uh, he ends up getting a hand of the gun that killed Abraham Lincoln. That they literally had a plaque on the thing that said, the gun that killed Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that's> <laughs> and, and, and then the ghost of Lincoln uses his presidential kung fu to knock the gun out of said hand of, Link, of Nixon. And then Black Dynamite reveals basically the whole Watergate scandal <laughs> in picture form. It says, you don't stop messing with more people. We're going to put this out there for the general masses so they know what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, literally the movie ends with him in the suit that he did the promo picture of. Standing there basically like Conan the Barbarian with a gun and a pair of nunchucks. With Sally Richardson on one side and the other actress playing uh, Nixon's wife on the other. You know, and he just, that's how they end the movie. Uh, now, of course, we also got, uh, by the way, fun fact, Roscoe was played by Jimmy Walker's son, Jimmy Walker Jr. Yeah. Mr. Dynamite himself <laughs> and his child. So another fun thing about that, yes, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is a real place. That has existed for a long time. And so, of course, in Black Dynamite's world, that was the origin was them in the restaurant when they asked for the chicken and waffles because she didn't have any meat. She didn't have any other meat because Tommy Davis's character Cream Corn had asked for a hot dog split down the middle, smush fried, and then <laughs> sausage patties diced up, <laughs> one egg turned up and scrambled, and a waffle. Dang, and that it, sounds good. And then she good. responded that all they had in the back for meat was chicken. If he wanted that, they could get that. They couldn't get anything else. And that's when Roscoe runs out. He goes, wait a minute, I got an idea. <laughs> and so that's that's where Roscoe's chicken and waffle came from, according to the Black Dynamite world. Yes. So, and of course, we get that in the end. And then we roll from that into one of the greatest animated shows <laughs> I've ever seen in my life that spun off of a movie that a lot of people still didn't know about at the time. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. They do. I would say like there is a handful of reused jokes from the films. Yeah, in season one, and I think they did a lot more of that in season two. But uh, I think overall, I think some of their like more original jokes, uh, I think were some of my favorite parts of that show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, so. like Black Dynamite, you ain't shit. Black yeah. Dynamite, you ain't shit. I mean, Black Dynamite fought Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he fought a Michael Jackson alien for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was actually going to be one of my complaints about the show. Oh? It's a, it, an over-reliance on pop culture characters to, okay. to make fun of. Yeah. I... I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was one of those things where it was just like, I feel like you guys could have been more creative with 
unique characters and oh, like okay. nodding and winking towards like the characters instead of like Mr. Rogers or Thick James or Thick James, which Thick James was two jokes. That's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's right. Rick James, but he's fat. Ha and, ha. And two, he uh, says, I'm Thick James, bitch. Yeah, you're it's actually a Chappelle right. joke. It's That's a Chappelle two- joke. Fair point. Fair point. I did not like Thick James, but I, I did appreciate that he got eaten. So No, I think that's a good point. I think uh, at the show's lowest points, it's the Thick James joke. Mm-hmm. An example that I give is obviously one of the very first episodes. Uh, we, we get introduced to that Frog Curtis. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think that whole thing would not have worked as well if they just used Kermit. Yeah. That frog yeah. Curtis is different, and he he's more vulgar, and yeah. like you know he does all this stuff. Whereas with Kermit and and like what they had to do with like Michael Jackson, obviously you can make fun of Michael Jackson, but there's only so much you can make fun of, right? Right. That but with that frog Curtis is an original character. You can make him go crazy. You can make him have a kid named that bastard Curtis. Right. Yeah. The saga of Curtis, I felt like, was some of their best stuff. R- rip it, motherfucker. R- rip it. R- 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 rip it. <laughs> I love it. What he yeah, does. It's great. What he does to cream corn is so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> you ever you get, get hit in the face with a frog dick? No, trust me, Black Dynamite. You don't want that. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, they 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 made fun of like O.J. Simpson, Bill Cosby, Sidney Poitier, Richard Pryor. They had a whole episode about Richard Pryor trying to get him to the Sunset Strip. Don Cornelius on the hosting Soul Trade, uh, Spike Lee, Mr. T, Orphan Arnold. Uh, that instead of you know, of course, um, Gary Coleman, um, mm-hmm. James Brown, Isaac Hayes, Bob Marley, Bo Derek, Rick James, Elvis Presley. Uh, Fred Rogers, of course, John Wayne Gacy, J. Edgar Hoover, and of course, they had the reoccurring Richard Nixon, which makes sense because they set that up with the movie. And then, of course, you had finished Dr. Wu right. with the ninjas. Right, <laughs> and they he only showed us, up for a little bit. Yeah, oh, they want to tell, they want to tell, do the line, you go ahead. The ninja jokes were great. I, I did l- like the ninja jokes. I did like the ninja. They thought they could tell us down just because he's a ninja. I say fuck that. <laughs> exactly. Ninja power. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of my favorite lines is still um, <laughs> when they walk up on one, uh, like two, two hoes, one that happens to be pregnant, too. And he's all like, what's up, ho? Now get, we've been robbing fools all day. Now give a ninja some ass. It better be clean, too. Right. <laughs> or it's like, what's up, old bitch? You want to give this give this ninja, like, your purse? Another battle happened. Ninja, please. Ninja, please. Of course, Chocolate Giddy, like, up, Chocolate uh, Giddy up was out there. It's all like, come on now, y'all ninjas. Y'all ain't got to be disrespectful, though, pimp, now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, black dynamite that's what i said pimping ain't never been easy on these streets but we are being accosted by a bunch of ignorant ass ninja who ain't respecting the game black dynamite and of course cedric Yarbrough came back to do the voice for chocolate giddy up because why wouldn't he god, of course god <laughs> bless him by the way i'm just gonna say it one of my favorite episodes of the um of the whole show, both seasons, 
was, of course, the dark side of the dark side of the dark side of the moon, or a crisis for Christmas. <laughs> the dark side of the dark side of the moon, or a crisis for Christmas. <laughs> One of the kids wanted a moon rock from from the moon. So mm -hmm. it's it's of course uh, O.J. Simpson is ends up on the mission with him, but then O.J. Yep. bails out. So Black Dynamite is trapped on the moon by himself as a rocket explodes, <laughs> making everybody think he's dead. So then by the end, O.J. Simpson comes back to basically kind of take the place of Black Dynamite in the kids' lives, and then Black Dynamite shows up on a moon rock, kills O.J. Simpson. Yeah, because he threw that from space. Because he threw that space. I threw space that when I was on the moon. <laughs> exactly. Which brought back the greatest callback joke ever. <laughs> that was a callback joke I appreciated. I did think that was funny. That was yeah. great. So, and of course, they had, you know, Panic at the Players Ball Express. Oh, that's Influenza Sucker. And that's the one where they're on the train. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Pour one out for uh, Captain Kangaroo Pimp. Yeah. yeah. And eventually had to go. Uh, but there were so many other episodes. I mean, it was just so much great stuff. And, of course, uh, oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of another one from season two. Um, a soul food eating, yeah, black jaws or finger licking chicken of the sea. <laughs> yes, black jaws. <laughs> a soul food. That one, I, if I that remember correctly, good. that one also had. Samuel L. Jackson! Um, <laughs> Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson in that one. Not As, not straight up Samuel L. Jackson. No. Samuel L. Jackson playing someone. Yeah, yeah, he played Captain Quentin. Got it? Because it's like Jaws. Yeah, exactly. Thick James, bitch. Yeah, shark eating mysterious. Thick James. Yeah, as a local, I love how they describe this. It's just like. Uh, but the party has already jumped the shark when a giant shark jumps out and starts eating black people. Black Quentin voiced by black Samuel L. Jackson. The local old eyepatch shark hunting mysterious motherfucker <laughs> tells Black Dynamite <laughs> that this isn't just Jaws. It's Black Jaws. All Black Dynamite has to do is swim out there and kill that shark. But wait, what? Black Dynamite can't swim? <laughs> Oh boy, he figured it out though. He figured it out, all right. He oh, figured he it out because he re he found a way to relate it to something that he understands, right. which is boning. Right, right, right. Stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love at the end. Sweet. Yeah, and I love at the end. You just hear Sam Jackson's character saying, "Stroke it, stroke it, stroke it." <laughs> wow, he's just flipping out. It's like wow, this show. Bad times. <laughs> this show right here. <laughs> this show's crazy. Yeah, I, I love like Lashawn uh, Lashawn Thomas's way of animation approach uh, and his use of shadow and such building up the characters. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty crazy uh, how yeah. they did that. We we have a sponsor. So we've been sponsored. Have you ever tested your nerd kung fu? Have you ever attested? Nerd Kung Fu. Nerd Kung Fu, yes. You're Nerd Kung Fu. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is Nerd Kung Fu? Because it's not like we're going to get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring. But maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig. You know what I mean? Do you like The Office? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your Nerd Kung Fu on. 
in the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things. Even The Godfather. So if you're down into movies and video games and comic books and or things like that, TV shows even. I mean, like I said, The Office. Firefly is represented. They got all sorts of stuff. It's all legally licensed official stuff. Jingle Spider, uh, what's your nerd kung fu? Uh, my nerd kung fu is weak, but I feel like by following the link in the description, I might be able to make it stronger. Smiter, what's your nerd kung fu? My nerd kung fu is a southern style. It uh, is very fast, very aggressive. Mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand to knock people out. But that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over. It's up to you how your nerd kung fu is. We appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerdkungfu.com. Yeah, I think it's pretty red, too. Um, oh, now that you remind, you actually just reminded me. So the opening for the show, you know how just absolutely kinetic it is? Yeah. And how uh, fast-paced it is and stuff? It's dynamite. And, you know, so that whole animation, I had a feeling in the back of my brain that it might be a studio that I already knew and was already a big fan of. Turns out I was right. It was done by Studio Trigger. Yeah. And Studio Trigger, for those that aren't more familiar with them, um, are a really, really great uh, anime anime studio. Mm -hmm. And they've done really fantastic shows like Kill la Kill, Gorin Lagan, and I believe they've actually got a new show coming out soon called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Ah, is that one and, based on the games? Yes. Okay. And um, I don't know how soon that one's going to be coming out. But, yeah, they went ahead and did the intro animation for the Black Dynamite show. and Which explains why it's so frenetic and so good. It's so easy to read as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so, and of course, uh, another another one that's kind of you know we talked about Bill Cosby of it all, uh, Sweet Bill's badass sing along song, or Bill Cosby ain't himself. <laughs> Episode <laughs> fifteen in season two, where Black Dynamite's old buddy Maverick Sweetback filmmaker Marvin Bad People's voice, of course, by the great and talented Kevin Michael Richardson, gears up to shoot his next black exploitation movie in the black community called Blackity Black Black Black. Everybody's excited to help except Bill Cosby, also voiced by Richard. I did not realize he did the voice for Cosby, too. That's really cool. Uh, desperate for positive black images, Bill Cosby it, it kidnaps the entire all-star cast and tries to brainwash them into besweatered, upstanding, respective respectives of the black race. While Bullhorn, Cream Corn, and Honeybee fill in for the talent and try to keep the film afloat, Black Dynamite must track down the Puddin' Pop, Puddin Pop Pusher himself and save all, all the black industry. So yeah, they, uh, they, went, they, they went a lot harder on pop culture characters and icons. Than, the second season. Uh, I think the second season they did a lot more toward that. Yeah, and mm. I... I I kind of agree with Jingles. I I definitely prefer the times that they try to focus on more original content and characters. Yeah. 
yeah, I find that I find that it, it gives more freedom. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And they could have. I feel like they could have done it by creating people who were parodies of those characters without being outright direct. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what Jingles was saying. And yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah. So I mean, there's certain people I understand they're big enough you can't really ignore them. But I mean, they could have made a parody of Bill Cosby. It would have worked. I've also heard the show being. Um, I've heard some people call the show the like the cousin of uh, the Boondocks, which mm-hmm. I can see the I can see the logical through line, but I also think that the Boondocks sort of focused more on the critiquing of society and less on emulating that. I feel like Boondocks they, would have made fun they of didn't, they, it. Yeah, they really didn't have any characters that were straight up... Um, sorry, I don't want to say never, because I completely forget, but... I think it was rare for them to have characters that were straight up supposed to be the celebrity in question. Yeah. Rather than Black Dynamite, which had plenty of those. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, for example, you had, because uh, technically, whatever going off on BET, uh, they did mm-hmm. use the actual characters of the people who were in BET. The problem was, those episodes were banned. You never got to see those episodes unless you got the DVDs or the Blu rays. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also their parody on uh, Tyler Perry. Was oh, another one that man, got they took the piss out of that guy. Oh, yeah, that was, oh. When we talk about Boondocks, we're going to get to that one. <laughs> yes, sir. The, oh, the, we got to talk about Boondocks. That's a show that I really, really like. That's, one, a, that's a 9 out of 10 show, at least. The Winston, Winston Jerome. <laughs> oh, I really need to watch that episode. Yeah. See, I haven't even watched all of Boondocks. Yeah, we yeah. got to watch all of Boondocks. Well, there's at least three episodes that they banned. There's two involving there's two involving BET. There's one that's called The Hunger Strike. And there's one that's called, I think it's called The Uncle Ruckus Reality Show. Where they did mm-hmm. an Uncle Ruckus Reality Show on BET. And nice. then they did the one on Winston Jerome. And that was all three of those never made it on TV. Right. I think uh, with Tyler Perry, I think he threatened to sue. And BET also threatened to believe- sue. I mean, I can believe that. And so, yeah, anytime you were really going in on people. I mean, the thing about it, too, was I think Boondocks would have probably made fun of something like Black Dynamite and talking about feeding the stereotypes and things like that. Because, of course, you know, Black Dynamite, again, was based on black exploitation. So there's a lot of stereotypical stuff that was going on in those in the, in the movie as well as the show. So I think Boondocks is Boondocks would not have approached Boondocks would not have looked at if 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 Boondocks itself I don't think would have ever looked at Black Dynamite as something that was a good thing. I think they would have almost looked at it as it's entertainment, but they could do it better type thing. Um. I don't think it would be that harsh on Black Dynamite, but that's mainly because Black Dynamite also makes fun of like certain black culture stuff that Boondocks also makes fun of. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, it, it, okay, that's a big thing about uh, like uh, that. That was one of the big things that I really liked about Boondocks, uh, and I I believe um, Aaron Magruder was very like adamant about when he made the show was yes, it's supposed to bring more attention to black culture and black communities and and um really exemplify 
uh, black people, but also shine a mirror back on them and be like, guys, these are problems. Maybe we should see about fixing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stuff like BET doesn't face those problems and instead perpetuates those oh, problems. Oh, gosh. No, it doesn't. Um, which sucks because uh, Miss Pat has a show on uh, the BET streaming service, and I'm all like, I don't want to get the BET streaming service, but I kind of want to watch what Miss Pat's putting out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really like Miss Pat. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's like some things, like I saw a new show, Michael John White, Kirk Franklin, Yolanda Adams, and a bunch of people. And they're talking about this real gritty kind of church thing. And it's like, okay, why we got all these, like, I understand, yes, stuff like this happens in churches. I get it. That 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 all occurs. There is controversy in a lot of churches because we're dealing with flawed people. All right. But it's like, it seems like there's this super rise of, let's just make the church look like a dirty, disrespectful, like, thing. I'm like, are we going to see a redemptive song for any of these shows? It's like, it feels like the BET kind of vibe <laughs> of it. It's more like, oh, well, let's just, these are popular. Let's just make another one. And let's just offer Michael John White and Yolanda Adams and Kirk Franklin a bunch of money. They ain't doing nothing important. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just another one of those shows where it feels like the same thing. I think there's a show called Greenleaf that kind of does that, that whole thing of we're the church. We're doing all this. We're doing the Lord's work. But boy, we're so corrupt. You know? And we're trying to hide that corruption and all that stuff. It's just like, okay, so where's the redemption? Where's the understanding of what we what needs to happen in order to redeem the people that are involved in all these crazy things? Like it just it reminds me of uh, of a, a thing uh, with Bill Burr. He was on an interview and they were talking about F is for Family. It was on one of those kind of lame uh, daytime talk shows. So not the cool nighttime ones, but the lame daytime ones. <laughs> uh, and they're all talking about how he's like uh, in F is for Family. He's kind of mean to the Catholic Church. And as the, the, one of the interviewers was all like, don't you think you went a little too far in the Catholic Church? And Bill's all like, don't you think that the Catholic Church has gone a little too far? <laughs> <laughs> and that that's I was just thinking about that. Yeah. It's just all like, yeah, I mean, we... we here us three gentlemen Mm -hmm. you know we have seen the good that churches can do and we i personally have a lot of uh faith that churches can be a good part of the community but i personally also there's a lot of animosity towards the church itself yeah i don't have any problems with christianity but churches and especially like big churches and like mega churches oh man like that's where yeah. real problems start popping up right and how much people are willing to like look past certain things or, or or sweep certain things under the rug just because somebody in power at the church is is someone important you know um and and, and in those cases i'm like yeah the church is messed up there and that's usually what most of the um, the stuff that they do on these shows is all like, yeah, but what about this? And I'm all like, I don't disagree with you. But uh, <laughs> it just made me think about that and, and what Bill Burr was saying. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. It's, uh, it's interesting because the show, I feel like, is more parody and less satire. 
Yes. If yes, that yes, makes yes. any sense. Black Dynamite is more parody and less satire. Yeah. Which are two different things. Yeah. They can go together different. very well, but not always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Boondocks is hard satire. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest satire thing uh, I've ever seen. Oh, they do reference like certain things um, that I've seen. Um, the like internet popular things, yeah. Uh, in Boondocks, uh, so I'm not saying that they have never like referenced or brought up like real life stuff, uh, but I think they're better at introducing new original stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool. Yeah, agreed. Well, and I mean, there was an episode, for example, the Race War or the Big Black Cannonballs Run. Yeah, where Black Dynamite represents the black community in a multiracial cross-country race and is reunited with his former talking car, Eartha Kitt. Yep. <laughs> unaware that he is unaware that he is a pawn and yet another one of Phoenix Dr. Wu's diabolical schemes for world domination. <laughs> you know, I would have liked that joke a whole lot more if the car actually sounded like Eartha Kitt. Well, I mean, Eartha Kitt's no longer with us. So yeah, but they, you they, can find somebody that can do a better, better impersonation than uh, yeah. what they did. Yeah, I get that. Because Eartha Kid has such an iconic, distinct voice. voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like oh, this is uh, my car sliced alone, and you got some guy just kind of going yeah, yeah, instead of like a really good Sylvester Stallone impersonator. Yeah. You know? Or Sylvester Stallone because he's still alive. Yeah. And he's pretty cool about stuff. Yeah. He did Rambo in uh, Mortal Kombat 11. He yeah. did. He did. But so. I think we can all agree that uh, they, Black Dynamite continues to be this bizarre treasure trove of a film and of an idea that the more we go into it, the more the jokes seem to be enriched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Michael Jack White did come out uh, earlier this year and said that his, with his production studio up and fully going, um, he we will be getting a Black Dynamite 2 at some point. Yes. So we will be getting an actual Black Dynamite 2 sequel. Which is, it, 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 I don't, he, it's funny because it's like they interviewed him and asked him about that on several different occasions. And one of the things he talked about was the fact that he doesn't like typically doing sequels. You know, he prefers right. to just do like the thing that he's doing and then walk away and do something right. else. Uh, but in this case, with his production studio and everything, he's just like, I wanna, he's he, he, like, one thing, he's like, I want my wife to be in it in the, in the sequel somehow. Uh, oh, cool. And so that's going to be really interesting. Um, I was trying to find the name of the other movie that he is working on. It's a, it's funny because it's been about done for a while. Let me see if this is this it. Uh, yeah, it's the spiritual. It, yeah, back in October nineteenth, two thousand nineteen, October two thousand nineteen, uh, Michael John White announced that the spiritual successor to Black Dynamite called the Outlaw Johnny Black officially entered pre-production. Uh, the Indiegogo campaign didn't quite reach goal, but he was still able to secure enough backers in order to get it. So supposedly it's supposed to come out this year. Um, and so that'll be the, the, the closest thing we get to a, a sequel until they actually do the sequel to it. 
because everybody was in Black Dynamite's going to be in that one. It's basically like Johnny Black's an outlaw who ends up getting confused with being a priest. And so it's him trying to pass off being a priest to the rest of the people in this community while trying to keep these people safe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see that. But then also, eventually, we are supposed to be getting a Black Dynamite sequel at some point in the near future. So that'll be pretty awesome. Looking forward to it. Because that'll be cool. So any any last thoughts on Black Dynamite and such? Um, Go watch it, you idiots. Yeah, it's 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 on HBO Max. So if you already have it, you have no excuse. It's also a niche film, so I doubt it'll cost that much to buy. And all of uh, all of the uh, the show also is on HBO Max. Yes, yeah. so watch it. And watch if, it. If you haven't figured it out yet, it ain't for your kids. Like if you get through the first five minutes and you still want your kid to watch this movie in the first five minutes, that's on you. <laughs> I mean, if you if you know a movie's rated R and you're letting your kid watch it anyway, that's on you. Yeah. yeah. If there was an R anywhere on that poster for us growing up, we weren't going to watch that movie. Right. That's the long and short of it. Sure. But our mom cares about us, so. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mama Roscoe. She uh, has become another level of grandma. Yep. I suppose. Grandma off top, too. I should say. My, my our brother had another kid. Yeah, <laughs> Dino just I guess wants more kids or whatever. Yeah. yeah, Jingles was trying to be coy, and then he was like, "You know what? It, there's another baby. There's another baby in our lives. <laughs> another baby." And Will's gonna be all like, "Hey, when are you gonna go hang out with the baby?" And I'm all like, "It's not my baby, <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about babies that aren't mine." <laughs> well, yeah, but your uncles to these babies. That is true. So, you know. Yeah, so let me just go over uh, three states over. Yeah. (laughs) We'll start walking now. We might be able to make it by Christmas. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you'll at least offer him a happy Father's Day and all that. I will. I'm I'm going to give, like, all my brothers a call because now all three of our older brothers are fathers. So Mm -hmm. I guess we got to, like, send them love or something. Yeah. I I would love... (laughs) You know, I, I would love, I'm going to ask this question as we wrap up, actually. I would love the opportunity to meet Michael Jai White. You know, he's done so much geeky pop culture stuff. I mean, he was Jax Briggs and the Mortal Kombat Legacy stuff. I mean, he was in Universal Soldier, The Return. Of course, Black Dynamite. He was Spawn. Uh, he was in two Tyler Perry movies, which I'm still trying to figure out why that is, but it is what it is. And then he was also in For Better Money. Worse. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's the answer. <laughs> But, um, and of course, he's in this new BET thing that's coming out soon. But anyway, uh, if I met Michael Jai White, I think the one question I would want to ask him would be, uh, what other kind of craziness is in your head that you've come up with that you want to do at some point? Not somebody else's dream, not somebody else's vision, your vision for something. What would that be? You know, I'd love to really pick his brain and find out what other kind of stuff he'd want to do. Because I feel like he's got a lot of stuff in his head that he wants to do at some point. Now that he has his own production studio, he can do it. Um, so it'd be pretty cool to see how that's going to work. So what would be something you would ask Michael Jai White if you had a chance to meet him? Michael Jai White, how'd you get so damn big? <laughs> and I would ask him... Uh, 
Michael Jai White, just how high can you kick? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'd be so. like, Michael Jai White, who would win in a fight? You or Scott Atkins? And why is it Scott Atkins? <laughs> <laughs> and that would that's be, a good way to end it. And 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 then and then we would um we would we would miss jingles. Is, 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 and possibly smarter if he was with them just because he'd kick them both possibly. He goes sweet because he just he would just sweet. do a spin kick in the air and stuff like that. And yeah, that would be crazy. But uh, anyway, so we're gonna wrap it on that note. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. For those who listened, I understand this is a little bit harder than we usually are. And so for those who chose to listen to this episode, I greatly appreciate it. And, Did you uh, just say harder R? <laughs> I just said harder, but no, no R. Mm, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> it's the conversations with a hard R. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Uh, right, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yep. Take care, guys. And above all else, do me a favor. Be blessed. Be blessed to somebody, guys. Take care.